Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Robert A. Wilson with Cowboy Wisdom, Visionary Vitality, and Cowboy Wisdom Radio. I'm a hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. I also have my own uh, visionary vocabulary. But tonight we're going to talk about sovereignty with Landon D. Andrews. Landon's the author of The Sovereign, also an independent entrepreneur. As a product owner of a service provider in the, in the world where it is so busy to buy but hard to sell, you need a business alliance specialist who unites your clientele to your business for the explosive growth and increased revenue you've been seeking. If, you've been, if you have a cutting-edge product or service you'd like to expose to a wider audience, specific to your target market or subscriber, list whose recipients could gain and win from a specific product or service. Connect with uh, Landon at thesovereignway.org, and his enter- he will help you enterprise your business by utilizing social media, introducing entrepreneurs and business owners who have a comp- complementary resources, and will orchestrate profitable ventures that are mutually mutually beneficial whose results will be seen as increased growth, enhanced profits, and increased tactics. Partnered with a gent venture group that has a proven history, success history, Landon will reunite you with the most powerful selling engine that you could imagine. Landon's business acumen and follow-up criteria assures that clients are linked together with a qualified joint venture deals that will result in measurable gains for all parties involved for a winning outcome of B2B partnership. And Landis has a wide range of investment experience that includes the natural resource sector, including organic agricultural enterprises, early stage mining equities, renewable off-grid energy apps, land development, and resource identification. And he specializes in joint venture brokering, redeeming your subscribers list for profit, B2B sales lead driving, customer traffic generation, maximize business exposure, business growth generation, social media marketing, forming business alliances, negotiating profitable ventures, social media strategies. And without any further uh, I do. I want to bring Landon, introduce you to Landon D. Andrews. Welcome to the show, Landon. Oh, thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Wilson. I really appreciate being here and being able to address one of the most important subjects of our time uh, in this current situation and state of affairs we have on planet Earth. Sovereignty is one of the most important things that we can discuss and in regards to my trilogy um, that I wrote called The Sovereign, um, we are going to get into it tonight. We're going to talk about, you know, because sovereignty covers so many different topics, it, it has such a, a wide array of applications as far as our personal affairs and global affairs on this planet. Well, let me ask you this question first. How is sovereignty different than independence? Good question. And these, a lot of these answers that I have for the listening audience tonight really 
for the individual who's listening right now, truthfully, you have to reflect on these questions so that whatever inner voice, whatever higher voice that you have within you can articulate the answers for you as an individual. I know that we're all seeking truth in these trying times and we see a lot of things that are going on in global affairs that have a direct effect on us and indirectly as well. So truth is really, uh, it's really according to the individual asking the questions about what is true. But pertaining to your question, sovereignty as it's defined is self-governance. And the sovereign movement um, in this day and age has really been demonized by the powers that be because it frightens them. Most people as individuals do not like the idea of having to follow a script of an authority that does not have an altruistic agenda for every individual. In fact, contrary to what most institutions stand for, there is a very nefarious agenda to control, manipulate, and yoke an individual to harvest, or I should say to till a field that we are not the benefactors of. So the sovereign movement has been labeled as one of the most, uh, how should I put the, how should I put it? But one of the most combative forces, as far as individuals are concerned, that are entertaining the idea of sovereignty, and it's been demonized like this because the powers that be understand and really their viewpoint on people not adhering to the authorities of the land and how that really disrupts the, the, power, the power conduit to control people. And so this subject is it's so vast and it really, you know, Mr. Wilson, you were, you were describing how you yourself are involved in the study of neuro-linguistic programming otherwise known as NLP. And aside from just NLP, sovereignty covers almost every subject that we could address. Our education, uh, our religious preferences, certain enigmas that are going on on the planet, like UFOs and extra-dimensional or interdimensional visitations by other beings, secret weapons programs being conducted by uh, covert black ops operations, um, your, your own ideas about who is your author. And when we talk about sovereignty, you know, authority is one of the central focal points to this whole discussion, which is why, you know, one of the single most important ideas I can tell you to entertain and for anybody to entertain is sovereignty. It opens up your spiritual indoctrination if you've pledged yourself to a certain religious decree. It opens up 
all kinds of other higher forces that are in play here. And I love to use the reference here, and I I'd love to explain this, about consciousness being reflexive. And if you understand what this phrase means, everything that you perceive outside of yourself, a good example of truth and how you can really zero in on what is true for you by observing what is occurring outside of self. So one of these, one of these examples I'd love to use is how we as human beings farm. We are responsible for cultivating plants for food and domesticating animals for, you know, the purpose of food as well. And I love to use this, this example because if you look at how we farm, then you will understand how there's certain hierarchies at play here on the planet have a governing factor over the entire populace on the, on the planet. And, you know, look at how we, farm, how we farm and domesticate certain animals like cattle. And the best-kept slaves are the ones that don't know they're slaves and who police themselves. So the powers that be really don't want you to look into or delve into the subject of sovereignty because of what it means is that when you start questioning when you start questioning who is your author, who is your authority, and you start probing into these control factors that really have large influences in your own personal life from commerce and your daily transactions all the way down to what your children are being taught in schools. And so how we approach this subject, I first want to say that as far as my representation of sovereignty, in no way, shape, or form am I condoning violence, am I um, speaking to people to, to uh, go ahead and form militias. I do not believe that this is the way and this is how sovereignty should be labeled. We are a human family on a ball of water and dirt floating around the sun, as we've been told, and we're all interconnected uh, on in very uh, influential levels. You know, uh, the, the flap of a butterfly wing has an effect, and this is also... Um, this is also the same thread we could apply to how we do business and how we inter interact with each other on every level every single day. So in no way, shape, or form do I want, I want to put that out there right away. Any of your listeners who are thinking that, you know, uh, the sovereignty movement defined by, by myself and as true to me condones violence, condones um, overthrowing authorities, none of that has to be uh, done in the format of sovereignty that I'm speaking of today with you. You're talking more of a spiritual sovereignty that expands into your physical world, or is that what I'm understanding? Well, you know, it's a good question because physical and spiritual are entangled. 
And really, it's, you know, to separate the two, you can't talk about one without the other. But spiritual sovereignty and our physical sovereignty in this domain are interrelated. And we really, you know, they, they both have an effect on each other. So the, the spiritual discussion intertwined with our physical, the physical aspects are, are entangled. So, you know, talking about spiritual sovereignty related to you as an individual, we really have to go into the physical aspects as well. And so, you know, when we, when we address this subject of self-governance and, and who is your author and who do you pay homage to as far as being your personal authority, you know, the physical aspects and the spiritual aspects are entangled. And, you know, you were, you were saying yourself, Mr. Wilson, that, you know, when, so many things to cover here and, you know, I, I can sometimes get a little scattered as far as the subject itself, itself is concerned because in my own personal research and study into the subject, you know, I've, I've covered a lot of different topics, in, you know, including uh, otherworldly visitations, the global cabal that c- controls the, uh, the money that we see is, that is printed as promises to pay as IOU notes, you know, uh, bills of exchange, um, your own birth certificate that was your first form of indentured servitude on the global slave plantation. And, you know, you've got to help me here as far as zeroing in on what we're talking about because, like I said, the, the whole idea is, is such a powerful concept and the common thread in most religious uh, beliefs without it being said overtly is, is sovereignty and really looking deep within you, deep within your heart-mind connection and asking yourself, who do, you, who do you pay homage to as being your author? And I know for myself it's no human institution, individual, or group, but I pledge myself to a higher authority. I don't believe that I myself am the end-all, be-all of authors. If you look around, there is so much in creation that we're not responsible for, and yet we're definitely connected to in this cosmic drama and this amazing, amazing uh, play show that we're all experiencing as reality on this planet at this time. And that's very true. But here's something I expanded into. I have really expanded into this, that the spiritual world is more, the physical world is actually a spiritual world where we see our spiritual experiences playing out in front of us and it gives me the sovereignty to free myself from my human bondage. How do you feel about that? Well, it's, it's beautifully said because what's more real than your spirituality and the core belief system that you have who you've decided God to be and, you know, how that, how that affects you in the, in the physical. And we're all creating our reality every moment that we 
walk through this incredible experience, this sojourn called life. And so your spiritual concepts and your beliefs have a definitive effect on the reality and choices that you make that ultimately create your reality as we know it. So, I mean, that's, a, that's an incredible point because, you know, what's more real um, in the physical as far as what you can see outside of yourself in the physical dimension as opposed to your spiritual sojourn on this planet? And I love to use the analogy of a vehicle and the body really just being a vehicle to operate in this dimension and you know we never die the the, the really the 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 powers that be and the, the agenda really wants you to believe in a physical death because at the top of the pyramid there's a real cosmic battle going on and it involves human souls it involves certain ideologies that help to basically make us not just slaves but contribute energy to forces that are really demonic in nature and if we believe that we're the body if we believe that we're the thoughts that we entertain if we believe that we're the feelings we have then ultimately we're you're contributing to an ideology that believes in, in death because all everything that we see, especially when we consider our own vehicles, our own bodies that we're having this experience in, you can say that, you know, when we talk about when we talk about having this experience in life, if you if you truly think that you're the body, then you're, you're perishable. You know, we ultimately all have an expiration date, but there is a driver in the vehicle. There is, there is a, you know, literally, and I'll repeat it again because it's, it's profound in nature, but that's what I was saying in the beginning of the show, that consciousness is reflexive. And these are, the truth is all around us. All you have to do is look. When you see people getting in vehicles, it's the, it's the same as far as getting in a human body to have this sojourn, this experience on the planet. When you leave your vehicle, you never, you don't die. You just get into a new vehicle. And depending on your choices in this life, you're either doomed to come back and repeat the experience or you're given a better vehicle with more horsepower. Uh, and that's an, an analogy for explaining you know, the possibility of having a vehicle with more awareness and so that we carry on to our ultimate destination, which is back to the source or whatever you want to call it. You want to call it God. You want to call it the prime mover. But this is where sovereignty becomes imperative to every individual that's here incarnate on the planet this time and we're we're in very a very amazing time to be here on the planet as you know mr wilson uh we're at we're at the pinnacle of a deciding moment 
in human history and what's going to play out in human affairs. And that's true. And I also want to get to your three books, The Sovereign, the book one, The Journey, The Sovereign, uh, and then the third book, The Sovereign, uh, the book three, The Ascension. Let's talk about each one of them books, and they're available at thesovereignway.org on Landon's website, and they're also available on Amazon.com. Let's start with The Sovereign, book one. What would somebody experience by reading that? Well, you know, when I originally wrote the first the first book, I was uh, in attack mode. And so because I had really felt um, the weight and the heaviness of being a slave on a global slave plantation. So what I wanted people to understand was the mechanics of how through by and through registration, we all have unwittingly uh, subscribed ourselves to being a cow that's been yoked to till a, till a field that we really aren't the benefactors of and how this has contributed to the state of affairs we see on the planet today. And my experience was being an inmate in for five years in uh, federal, federal penitentiary. And as I went through the belly of the beast, I learned a lot of incredible things uh, from some mentors. And, and a lot of people out there would go, you know, your first uh, stone of uh, judgment would be, well, you know, this guy's been to prison. He must be bad. So, I just want anybody, everybody in the listening audience to understand um, that really we should all question the words that we've been programmed with, especially uh, the word prison, because prison has been really used as far as the powers that be go. And I'm not talking about um, criminals who rape, pillage, and plunder. Uh, usually those types of criminals, if they're in a good chair, uh, they're conducting global affairs and are infringing upon other countries that are conducting themselves with their own sovereign law. But prison itself, the word prison, you know, if you think of the word, what comes to mind from this? Wow. That was, just, did you hear that? Yeah. Did you hear that? That was a, a lightning strike that was probably about, well, maybe 100 meters away from me that I saw on a crack of lightning right behind it. <laughs> kind of a, a, a we're, we're talking about the subject now. It, it's it's a, a funny moment to have that happen. But as I was saying, you know, when we talk about linguistic programming and how human beings on the whole have been programmed, think of the words that you use and how education has played an important role in programming your mind. Prison, when you, most people, when they think of prison, they associate it with bad people, people that are criminals. But for the most part, Prison is really uh, a mechanism to house all of the powers, you know, all of, of people who are really in competition with the powers that be. You can't have uh, a, as far as the powers that be go, you can't have a world where rising competition isn't stamped out. So my, the first book 
that I wrote was really an inside view, and excuse the pun, because I was inside um, the walls of the federal penitentiary for five years uh, for growing flowers on a mountaintop. And what that gave me was an inside perspective on the system itself. And so I had a lot of time to study. I had a lot of time to unearth some of the, some of the things that are going on and what that led me to, what that, that charged me to do was to write about it and to really disseminate to the greater populace what, what types of mechanisms that are used upon the populace to control us. And, you know, registration um, is one of, the, was one of the very first things that I discovered in going to uh, commerce with the court system and how that played out as far as the real me and not the title. The real me being absconded by the federal authorities, agents who represent uh, the authorities at large in the United States, and being whisked away to the belly of the beast, which was really a horrific experience unto itself. And if you think that, you know, the U.S. is following laws regarding um, incarcerating people, you, you're, you're dead wrong, uh, especially when it comes to um, addressing prison for profit. And so I was, since I wasn't a citizen, uh, I, was, I was taken away to a corporate prison for profit where literally uh, huge profits are being made. And, you know, the, the, common, the, the common public think that uh, it's, it's costing, well, it is costing them tons of money, but the players that are, you know, shareholders and owners at large of the corporate prison for profit system are banking. And so the things that went on inside just were uh, astounding. And really, at the end of the day, you know, the whole system was set up, is set up to warehouse human beings and, you know, this, this broaches into an entirely different subject about what's going on with FEMA camps um, across America where they have facilities that are being erected with nobody yet in them, but seemingly they're preparing for some kind of perhaps civil uprising, perhaps uh, pandemic or something. We You know, this is all to be looked into and, and studied and, and found out, but... You know, the United States has more prisoners than any other country in the world. And what is what are these FEMA camps for? What are they preparing for? And you know, we should all take a really good hard look at this. And and uh, if you're not concerned about it, then you're probably on the side of the agents who are enforcing a law. Um, over the people that is not constructive in any way, shape, or form, and is it does does not promote the original constitutional precepts that we all have come to understand as being the harbingers of of the type of world we want to live in, you know. So, especially with the advent of technology, we're we're living in very precarious times. So. You know, the first book was really the entry entryway into discovery of the system, and and I got a great perspective. 
inside the federal system. And um, that, that gave me a lot of knowledge and exposure to people who had really spent a lot of time studying law, particularly uniform commercial code, and the, the factors that led to their re, the, re, the real person, their, their, the blood, flesh, bone, you know, entity that sells by a certain title being entangled in a system that wasn't about correcting any mistake, but what it was really about uh, using that person as a form of fulfilling a debt obligation that was related to a, a contract that was, uh, you know, devised from the indictment um, all the way to court proceedings that follow and the bond instruments that are, are created by that and how it really was, is just a boon for the entities that run these types of operations, um, prison for profit. And, you know, how is the world really, we're starting to see, open our eyes to the spiritual sovereignty within ourselves. How do you feel we're starting to do that more and more, Landon? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because, you know, we, there's so many different belief systems, but I think they all follow a common thread. And, at, at the end of at, at the end all be all of this concept as far as sovereignty goes, you know, consider this as far as the core premise of what I'm trying to teach in the trilogy is that the same animating presence that lightens or enlivens every single human being on this planet and every single living thing, including the planet itself. The entire planet is a living entity. We are the eyes and the ears of this globe. But it's, it's the same animating presence that enlivens your brother and sister. And so when you look out upon somebody else, there really is no division other than the idea that you believe or you as a, as a personality, personality believe that you are separate from that person that you see but when you drop all the ideas of you being the memories that, and, or the data that you've collected on your sojourn in this life uh, that's helped you define you being as who you are your name uh, your title where you were born um, you know your physical features the color of your skin the color of your eyes all these things are an important factor as far as defining the, your individuality. We all have individuality. We need to have these boundaries. But when you get to the core premise of what, for me, sovereignty means, it means that, that the same animating presence that is, is, is within you animates your brother and sister that you may see as being separate or apart from you. So you know, really important concept in this whole thought form is the idea that you are not subject to death. You're an eternal being um, that, that is having this experience in, on this world and that there is no separation. And we're hearing that a lot. It's almost becoming cliche as far as the, the idea is concerned. But 
you know, the more you entertain this thought form, the more you see that a utopia on this planet is possible. The divisions that we see that separate us, you know, and let's look at NLP again. Think about, um, let's think about the definition of a country defined by borders and imaginary lines that we draw on the sand. Now, if everybody thought that they were from the same planet that I'm from, just because I live in North America, doesn't mean that I have an effect on somebody on the other side of the globe. And so just this one concept alone, if we were taught that you're a citizen of planet Earth, um, you know, and really countries have been created as far as the imaginary borders that we're all concerned with to be divisive and create separation. And it's really like having one team against the other. And so the setup is this, is that the same powers that be fund both sides to have a war or to have a game, if you're considering it, you know, two football teams against each other. And the end result is the harvesting of profits or the harvesting of human energy for a demonic force that doesn't want to see world unity, that doesn't want to have these concepts taught to our children, because if it was taught among a whole variety of other things, including our history, our true, you know, our true history, what it would, what it would do, would de- would, it would destabilize the demonic forces that are really using humanity, using individuals to empower themselves. And that's very true. And, and Landon's website is thesovereignway.org. And the book is the, book one is the journey, the two is the serpent, and three is the ascension, right? Or sons of yeah, the serpent. That, that's cool. Yeah, the sons of the serpent, and you know, I I had I, it's funny we bring the the title of the second book up because I did a lot of research while I was inside, and a lot of study um, into a variety of different subjects, uh, including you know underground civilizations, and in the second book, Sons of the Serpent, my characters, and you know I'm calling this trilogy faction because what what faction is a play on words in terms of a whole other genre of writing called fiction. But this is faction because I think, and I believe it's based on fact, but in the second book, Sons of the Serpent, my characters discover that there is an entire civilization underground and that it's not all entirely human. Uh, There's certain... Uh, upper levels that are inhabited by human human beings, but as we get uh, more underground, we discover that there's an entire race of other beings that exist under us. And so, you know, it's funny because we walk around all day thinking, you know, that the surface of the planet is where beings or life exists. But as we're discovering life, as far as the universe goes, is everywhere, including 
not just on this planet or inside this planet, but beyond this planet as well. And, you know, just recently I was looking at a document that was exposing uh, the fact that on the, on the space station, International Space Station, there's uh, bacteria growing on the outer, uh, the outer shell of the station itself. And Russian cosmonauts and, and other cosmonauts uh, alike are totally perplexed by the discovery of this. And, you know, they're, they're, pro they're projecting uh, the fact that it might have been blown um, from, uh, you know, high orbiting uh, winds that are coming from Earth. The other uh, proposition is that there's, you know, life is abundant everywhere in this, in this universe and that we're not the only entities, self-aware entities that exist. And so, you know, these are the things that if we were educated correctly from childhood, uh, we would be living in a different world. And it can be seen in so many different aspects of what is going on as far as just education is concerned and how uh, our children are educated in schools. And really, from my perspective, it's far more close to programming for not the benefit of the individual, but really for the harnessing of that individual to empower a demonic force that does not want us to ascend spiritually or uh, or in any in any regard. So, you know, the second book really dives in to the that premise of the other potentials, the other realities going on around us that we we're not aware of, that we can't see. You know our limited uh, perspective, our, our limited awareness, we're very uh, cloistered as far as the spectrum that we can just see in. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of other energies that are going on around us that we can't detect because we don't have the instrumentation built into the human, uh, human biology to be able to pick that up. So, you know, you know, when people say, I won't believe it unless I see it, well, there's certain things you'll never be able to see just because we don't have the power. Uh, we, we don't have the, the levels of awareness to pick up some of the energy that is the, it's just some of the ambient energy that is all around us. So, you know, we have to, on, on, a, on, a, on a more expanded level, we have to allow ourselves to, and especially the chil our children, to have an imagination, to entertain things that are outside of the box. Because what it does is it gives, it gives us all the, a, a greater sense of what's possible. And, you know, we can see what's possible. Look at Nikolai Tesla and look at some of the things that have been suppressed by the petroleum industries concerning how we get around on this planet. We're terrestrially bound for the most part humanity is stuck on the ground and there's a very good reason for that you know as you gain more altitude as you gain more altitude you you have a different perspective on things you know and you can take that uh without the pun because 
you know, there's stories of how um, astronauts have gone to outer space and had a, you know, such altitude on their perspective, it's changed their ideology permanently. It's changed the way they, they think permanently and for the better. You know, they can see uh, with, with that amount of altitude that we are one human family. And folks, I'm not, I'm not telling everyone to subscribe to, you know, the United Nations idea, um, which is controlled by a whole bunch of nefarious groups that, whose intention is not really to allow humanity to flourish and blossom the way it should, but it, it's really set up to control and instigate more control and more servitude than, than we've ever been, uh, that, that we could ever imagine. So, you know, there's layers to this, and the intel and the operatives uh, that work for, who are agents for supporting this parasitical system that we have, have been brainwashed to believe that what's best for humanity on the whole is, is you know, the ultimate outcome of that is beneficial for everyone when it's really not. Andrew, we, I mean, Landon, we've run out of time. And we're at the end of the show, and the, Andrew's uh, website is thesovereignway.org. You can see all of his books, and we'll have Landon back, and we'll talk more about sovereignty because that's the pathway to our real, to being free within ourselves. Anyway, Landon, give the people some wisdom, and I'm going to close out the show. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Uh, appreciate your support, and uh, I look forward to uh, being a guest on your show again. All righty, and good night, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Good night.